How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, I put my, left me, I've got to go get me water again. I've oh, done this last time. Morning. I don't believe this. It's the bare minimum requirement. You turn up with your bits and bobs for the start of the record of the podcast. She's got to wet a whistle, Alison. She can't go for an hour without, know. you know? It's, we got to let her off. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. We would like to thank our new patrons for joining us this week. Emma, Leslie, and Christina. Thank you so much for becoming some of our bollocks. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, Maureen, you should have a snack before you do your thing. Yeah. Otherwise, you get grumpy. What? I never get grumpy. <laughs> if Maureen misses a few meals and she uh, gets hungry, she does get a little bit tetchy. Yeah, I was on a romantic weekend with this guy. It wasn't particularly romantic. Uh, anyway, went away with this weekend for this guy. And he went, oh, we don't need lunch because we've had a big breakfast. It was two sausages and two bits of bacon. I was like, it's no, not a big breakfast. No. We couldn't find a restaurant. It was on the northeast coast. And I hadn't eaten for eight hours. Can you imagine what, what I was like? No, I don't want to. Anyway, we finished. <laughs> I can only imagine it ended badly. It did. I was like... Yeah. I mean, the fact that they took you somewhere like that in the first place, what were they thinking? <laughs> and just the audacity to say, we don't need to eat again because we had a... Shut your mouth. Don't you yeah. tell me when we need to eat. Absolutely. Alison, you're right. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Even if it was a big breakfast, I want a lunch. Yeah. Who doesn't want lunch? What is this? I don't even understand the not having breakfast. I want every meal. Why are we skipping a meal? I want yeah. the breakfast. I want the yeah. lunch. I want the dinner. Yeah. Shall I tell you what I want between breakfast, lunch and dinner? I want a snack. Okay. I like a snack. We're not supposed to snack, but I like a snack. Okay. But if you're a bare minimum, if I can't have a snack, you better give me my lunch. Yeah. I'm not skipping a meal. Are you mad? No. I had a bit of a strenuous morning. I moved my sofa by myself out of the living room and into the garden. Oh, why? Because I'm getting a new sofa and I was just bored. <laughs> I was like, Maureen's really... Listen, I would go for aerobic exercise rather than uh, just uh, weights. <laughs> I know that you ordered it, but you know when you order something, particularly a sofa, it can take it weeks come. to turn up. Theoretically, it's coming tomorrow. Let's hope. And also, it means that I can see the carpet under the sofa. Oh, God only knows what that looks like. <laughs> Okay, well, just keep your camera where it is, Maureen. <laughs> Neither Alison nor I want to see whatever's under your sofa. No. But I was really impressed because I was going to get the neighbours, but it's Salim's birthday, so I can't ask him on his birthday to have blinking, help me lug a sofa. So I've, I've lugged it into the front garden. So will they collect, their, presumably they collect your other sofa? Mm, no, but the uh, council do it, so. Yeah. All oh, right. okay. My council doesn't do that. I've got to get rid of it myself. Honestly. Thought, but you're a green council. I would have thought that's that's surprising. We don't have a green council for the millionth time. Oh, don't you? 
Well, we've got like, it's a majority Labour council, but even when we had a Green council, look, God love the Greens, but they were absolutely just not on the ball when it came to a lot of things because none of them could ever come to a decision. They were like, oh, what do you think? It's like, just make a decision. Anyway, it's not great. Because we just had a bed frame removed and you're allowed to have one large item moved a year for free. We're allowed five for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh well, well, the next time I get rid of a bed, which hopefully won't be anytime soon because I don't want to have to buy another one, I will bear that in mind. Bring it here. Oh, yeah, I'll bring it to Maureen's. <laughs> I'll give it to Alison in case she's bought the wrong size mattress. <laughs> which, yeah, as we learn, I'm very good at. I don't measure things. No, I'm the same. I'm like, it seems about right. Yeah. Well, let's hope we can get the sofa in the door, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the angles to get into your living room are not right, Maureen. They're I know. tricky. But do you know what? It's Ikea, so they... It's in boxes, isn't it? Oh, it's flat pack. It's in boxes. You're yeah. Fine. yeah. But are they going to do it for you? Yeah, I think they're called Task Bunny or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds kinky. I know. So what else do they do? But um... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else, Maureen. I know what you're thinking. They genuinely don't do anything else. I mean, because for £25, that'd be quite a good deal. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what colour did you go for? Because we talked about it last week. Well, yeah, I wanted the blue, but apparently it doesn't exist anymore. So I've, I've gone for the dark grey as opposed to the light grey. Uh, I'm glad you went with the dark. I am glad you went with the dark. Yeah. Oh, don't. I mean, the light grey wasn't an option, Maureen. I don't, I don't even know why <laughs> no, that No, that was not even in the running. So you might as well not buy any new sofa because in a week it will look like your old sofa. I know. I love the pattern of that sofa. No, that's just greasy fingerprints on a light grey <laughs> yeah. is, is that animal print? No, it's it's actually grease. It's like, what's that filter on your phone? Oh, do you know what? Somebody guessed my, my number on my phone by the the, the finger marks on the, on the screen. By the grease stains on your phone? Yeah. And that's why her street name is Greasy Fingers. No, no, that was that was Jen. Was that Jen? Wasn't it? No, I had a greasy mouth. No, she's butterholes. You were ring face. You were ring face. Why am I? Look, I don't want to talk about my face in that context, okay? That was series one. We've moved on from that. We're better people than that yeah. now. We've risen above uh, butterholes and greasy features. Anyway, what, what have you been up to, ladies? Let's move on. What have you been up to this Dear week? Dear God, let's move away from that. Alison? Uh, okay, this week I went to Paris for one night, less than 24 hours. I did not see the Eiffel Tower. I ate a little bit of cheese and drank one glass of red wine before catching my 7.15 a.m. flight back to Manchester. What? what? Didn't you stick around no. at all? You got gone to the trunk no, to get in no. there. Oh, no. Get out of Dodge. Okay. Flight got me in and then did the gig and then flight flew out at 7.15 a.m. Uh, so I... Uh, yeah, it was literally, I did the old, I did Paris on Friday and then I did Warrington in the UK. So I did the old Paris to Warrington run. Oh, I mean, that is a classic, isn't it? I mean, once you've been to Paris, where else can you go? Warrington. Yeah. What was the gig actually like? What was the... It was It was fun, everyone. We actually had a good crowd of like, uh, they knew they were there for English comedy. They were up for English comedy. And so they enjoyed it. Most of them spoke pretty good English, I would say. But to me, it's always fun doing gigs where English is not the first language because it's fun for me to see what I can communicate and what will go over and what does make sense. And then the biggest note I got afterwards was everyone was like, you you should sing more, more singing. Really? And then they were all like, you should learn Celine Dion. Do you know Celine Dion's songs? Oh, that's very specific feedback, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> were, I was like, okay, I will. Uh, I take that on. Because I sang for like one little second and they lost their minds. And so I was like, mental note, more singing the next time you're in Paris. Well, they yeah. like variety, don't they? they? I think they like a cabaret. Yeah. A little bit yeah. more than straight stand-up. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a really good time. Yeah. Well done. Thanks, guys. What about you, Maureen? You look like you're distracted. I went to an exhibition. Jen bought me an art card for my birthday. So oh, I... that's a great gift idea, Maureen, for you. Jen, well thought out. Yeah, well, Maureen did send me the link, to be fair. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually sent me the link. And it says to buy this, click here. And I went, okay, this is quite a strong hint. So that's me being subtle, Jen. (laughs) That's great. Those are the gifts that that you can't go wrong with when a link is sent to you. Yeah. So I went to see an exhibition at the British Library. British Library is very good. There's an exhibition you can see for free there. Elizabeth and Mary, Royal Cousins, Rival Queens. So it was about Elizabeth I and Mary, Queen of Scots. It was a really good exhibition. I'll tell more about it later because there was a Be More Maureen moment involved. Hey. But um, it's only on till the 20th of February. If you're into that kind of thing, I would definitely recommend it. But can I just say thanks to the art card, I got 50% off the entry fee and 10% off the book. Yay! That's bargain, great. Maureen. And you know what? If I can facilitate a bargain for you, that is the best gift I can give you, isn't it? Yeah. 
There is no greater gift Definitely. than a 12-month discount <laughs> on I know. all Can things you that you enjoy. Absolutely. We're going to go to Elton Palace because you're getting free, which I've always wanted to go to, which is Art Deco. Oh, which is Maureen absolutely loves Art Deco. I love Art Deco. I think I'm going to Keston Palace this week because I can get in free there with my little card. Maureen, knock your bloody self out, woman. For heaven's sake, that sounds like an absolute dream. What have you been up to, Bristol? Yeah, what's your week, Jen? Well, I mean, what did I do? I went to the Leicester Comedy Festival and I did my ill thought out and badly oh god i don't know what i was doing i did my preview for my show and then we're at that point where it's really hard to explain to people and say usually i'm quite good at stand up (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of this is really bad (laughs) it's quite hard to impress that onto people but um my audience to be fair were very kind because a lot of it was just um me not knowing what I was saying and how to say it and I think it was great for me in lots of ways because I learned wow I've got a lot of work to do and also there was a couple of things where I went that did not land in any way shape or form but I think I know how to make it land so it was a mixture of emotions relief that it was over (laughs) a vague sense of embarrassment that it happened and an absolute delight that any audience turned up so that was really nice it was lovely and um, I did I did, even though, you know, it's quite hard when you're doing new material to enjoy it, but I did, I did sort of enjoy it. Um, I'm, I, I can't, I don't know if the audience did, um, but I, I actually, it was fine for me. And that's the main thing, at least you enjoyed Isn't it. Isn't it? I don't know. If, is it or is, is it? I think it is. I think it's kind of about me. What weeks we've all had, absolute dynamite. But of course, we've got to end on a crescendo for this particular section and head over to Maureen Younger because I do believe that she has another bit of money on it. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Yay. Well, basically, as I said, I went to this exhibition and I thought, oh, you know what, I'll get there early, go around it and then have some lunch, come back and do stuff. And you could book online, but I was like, oh, I can't be bothered to book online because I don't like booking online in case, you know, I miss the slot, I get neurotic. So I just thought, you know, what, I'll just turn up. It won't be busy. It's midweek. Anyway, turn up at 10 past 11. And unfortunately, the first slot was at 3.30. <laughs> first free slot. So I had to buy that ticket and then I thought, oh, I can't be bothered to go back home. It's a waste of money. But on reflection, I probably would have been better going home because I had lunch. Yeah. Then I had some sausage rolls because I was like killing time. Bought a coffee. <laughs> the annoying thing is, right, I didn't bring my book because I thought I normally bring a book. I said, I never read it. I'm only going a couple of stops down the tube. So I didn't bother bringing my book, didn't bother bringing my knitting. So I had nothing with me. Okay. Including a phone that needed charge. Right. So, okay. So you, you wanted to go to this... <laughs> Exhibition. You want to go to this exhibition? It's you know it's half past eleven. As you said, don't bring a book. It's only a couple of stops on the tube. Get to the exhibition. Mm. What do you find, Maureen? There's not a slot till three thirty. Maureen texts me. She says, "You're not going to believe this. I've come down (laughs) to this exhibition. It's not a slot till three I'm looking at my watch, going, "Well, just go home. A couple of stops on the tube. You'll be home by twelve. Have three hours at home, relaxing. Head out again in time to be there for three thirty. Maureen was like. Oh, no, no, I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay to save. You didn't save, did you, Maureen? Didn't, didn't no, save I lost any- money. <laughs> if anything, you lost money. Plus, you're just hanging around in London waiting for something. You could have physically just gone home and had like a good two and a half hours at home. Listen, I don't know why I, I need to sort of go, go, go unpack that because there's no need, is there? Because we understand that this is your Be More Maureen moment and there is no logic attached to any of the decisions that you make ever. Great, great. Because when you messaged me to say, why don't you just go home? I was like, oh, I'm having lunch now. And it was a salad. It wasn't even very nice. Oh, I thought you were having sausage rolls. Oh, no, I had those later at Greg's because I was a bit bored. Okay. <laughs> you needed to kill some more time. <laughs> oh, I love Greg's. And you know, I always tell myself, because I saw something on TV once where they had a Greg's sausage roll and a uh, salad. It turned out the Greg's roll had less calories than this salad. And so ever since I've gone, well, it's got less calories. What is salad. on this salad? Uh, dressings can be exceptionally, yeah. yeah, hidden sugar count, fat count in them. Yeah, so you think yeah. you're eating healthy and you're not. That was the point of the thing. And I was like, right. I was concerned myself by going, well, you know what? It could be worse. I could be eating a salad. And then I had two sausage 
Yeah, I mean, all of that makes absolutely perfect sense. I mean, everything that you've said, uh, one plus one equals seven, it all makes perfect sense, Maureen. And, and I'm not going to question this any longer because I can feel like my eye is starting to twitch. So I'm just going to leave it there. We're just going to park okay. it there and say, well done, Maureen, on another be my money moment. <laughs> God. Well, I love to hear them, even as they're happening. And I know that they are going to reappear <laughs> in the podcast at some point. Yeah. Sometimes I think, why? And other times I'm like, just let it go, Brista. And yeah. t- this is one of the ones I've decided to let yeah, go. Yeah, it's just let it go. Yeah. I appreciate that you still try to unpack it, Jen. I love watching you. I'm like, she's mm. still trying. She's yeah. still. <laughs> I mean, God loves a trier. Right? Am I right? It's true. Yeah. Anyway, this bit of the podcast, as we know, makes no sense, but the next bit certainly <laughs> does. Uh, thank the Lord. Let's meet our, our resident agony aunt, who's also Alison, by the way, in case you're listening to this podcast for the first time, because it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Hey. Well, listen, like always, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for writing in with your life situations. And this one. So last week we started off, we were talking about chickens. This week we're diving back into something that is a little bit more, a little bit more serious. And again, I'm just very grateful that this person wrote in. So I will read you the problem and then I've broken it down into the two parts that they have specified. So I have a problem that is two parts. I have a boyfriend who is unhappy with his life, doesn't like his job, won't hang out with his friends, has family issues and feels depressed and bored. I've gently said it many times that he can change all of these things with a little effort, but he doesn't do anything. He escapes by playing video games in his free time. The problem has become worse because I have just learned I am pregnant. What can I do to get my partner to step up during this time? So it is tricky. So like I said, though, we're going to look at it in two separate problems and then kind of bring it together a bit. So what can one do for a depressed partner? Well, look. Being with someone who battles with depression can be tricky, and it does take work, but it takes work on both sides. And I know that your partner is a very lucky person because you are already thinking about them when you're writing this question. So I just wanted to say out of the gates, you are already on the right step to helping your partner through this, and I hope they realize how lucky they are to have someone who loves them like you do to be thinking about them at this time. So the first things we can do are, I mean, obviously be there, which already you're doing it. Um, Learning about depression. So the best way to understand how your partner experiences depression is to ask open-ended questions and to communicate about this. Now, often depressed people don't really want to open up, but as a partner sharing a life with somebody and about to have a baby, I think you have every right to say, hey, We need to talk about these things. So the first thing I would say is pre-plan a time to talk with your partner, a time where you're not going to be interrupted, a good time of day where you're both not going to be stressed, worried about something, trying to rush off to something, all right? Set aside some time that you can talk. The more questions that you can lovingly ask him to get him to open up about where maybe some of this depression is happening or or where um, he is feeling a little lost, um, the better you'll both have an understanding where this is coming from. So the real big key here is to gently and lovingly talk to them about it and ask them questions about how it's feeling, when does it start. Often depression can go in two-week cycles, they say a lot. So there's a really rough two-week period, and then there's a bit of a period of, of not so rough. So I think talking about that will really help you to both understand where it is coming from. Before you talk to your partner about these sort of things, here are some things I want you to think about. Because also you're talking to your partner because you want to get some information out of this conversation so you know what better you both can do. So think about things like, how much does your partner actually know about depression? How much do you know about depression? What kind of a reaction are you hoping for when you're having this conversation with them? What kind of support do you want from your partner? Do you want to talk about this on a regular basis? 
Do you want your partner to have an active role in the treatment plan that they will be going into? And what do you not want from your partner? So just get a little frame of mind of where you're at when you go into these discussions with them. Because the more you know about what it is that you need, you will be able to figure out possibly the next best steps to help you both. Encourage treatment. Look, we can talk about depression, we can analyze it, but we are not experts. The number one thing that I can say to you is that he does need to get into something. Help your partner consider getting some treatment by doing the following. Maybe talk about some of the symptoms you've noticed in them. Express your concern. Express your willingness to help, which obviously you're already doing. And that includes little things like maybe helping them find appointments, helping them find a therapist. Because sometimes when you're depressed, even just getting out of bed and putting on clothes can seem like an overwhelming task. So sometimes these are the things that they need help with. There's lots of different types of therapy out there, psychotherapy, medication, and simple lifestyle changes. Just eating, exercise. Also, I want to use this as an opportunity to say that therapy might be great for the both of you to do together right now. And because also you have now realized that you're pregnant, you are probably going to need some support as well. And so I think the both of you maybe going to some therapy together will benefit you both right now. Focus on small goals as depression is overwhelming. So this conversation might seem like a big step, but break it down into little things they can do. But again, the most important thing is to get some sort of help, someone who is a specialist in depression, because depression can lead to some severe things. You know, you really do need to have someone to back you on that. So the NHS Mental Health Help Hotline is a great resource. There are uh, free counseling sessions available out there. It does take a little bit of work to find, but the two of you together can maybe set that goal. You can't cure your partner's depression, but you can help your partner along the road to recovery. That's what I just want you to remember. But right now, as a pregnant person, they also added they feel sick and tired a lot, and they have a bit less patience for this. What can I do to make him understand what I need from him? Okay, the same amount of time that you're putting into loving him, he needs to realize he needs to put into you. So open communication about how you were feeling. Maybe finding some books or articles for him to read about what you were going through as a pregnant person. So you are helping him to empathize and to understand what you were going through. He might relate to it going through these bouts of depression. This might be something that the two of you can kind of connect over. What can you do for your mental health while you're pregnant? My first concern is you, you, you above anyone else, right? I know you love your boyfriend and I know you'll be there for him. But what I want you to do is to be there for yourself more than anything else right now. Things you can do for yourself, take a seat, which means, you know what? You can't always deal with his problems. You can't always deal with everyone else's problems. You have to learn to take a step back and only think about you for a bit more often in the future. Take time to relax, accept help, find help. Join a parental class. Maybe you have some girlfriends. Go on a little girl's getaway. Surround yourself with people and love and support. Your partner may not be there for everything, but I do believe they will be, but you need to have a larger support system. Even if things were great with your partner, even if things were hunky-dory, Look, after a while, you get sick of one another, even if you're in the best frame of mind. So you need to start thinking about additional support systems. Is there another family member that can be there with you for some things? Do you have a friend who can be there with you uh, during learning about what you're going through? Um, There's pregnancy groups you can join. There are a lot of online groups that you can chat about. Again, you finding yourself maybe a therapist. Maybe you both share a therapist. And another thing that I looked into was a doula. Now, a doula is... Here's the definition. A trained companion who is not a healthcare professional, but who supports another person during a significant health-related experience, such as childbirth or other such things. You can find them privately, but they can also be found through the NHS. And that might be a good person to just help you going through the actual pregnancy experience. Help and emotional support during pregnancy and the first year after having a baby If you just put that into Google, there are so many resources. Um, So I really encourage you to look into that. And I want to challenge you that no matter what happens, your challenge should be to think about yourself first right now. 
you are already loving him with all you have. You need to love yourself with as much compassion as you are putting towards him. That is the best advice I can give right now. Alison, thank you so much. I am so glad no one has ever asked me to try to give advice for that particular problem. That is very tricky. That is tricky. Um, yeah. But I do yeah. think your advice is spot on because it's that classic thing, isn't it? You know, if you're in an aircraft, it's going down. Put the mask on your face first. Otherwise, um, I can't remember what the reason is, but there is a reason. Um, <laughs> you can't help anyone else if you're, yeah. if you're dead. Yeah. 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 Although if the plane's going down, I don't really see what the mask is going to do. But you understand what I was trying to say. So that's really good advice. And I do think that when you are caring for someone else, you know, whether it be somebody who is, it might be physical and might have a physical disability or might be suffering from depression or, or whatever, that all of your energy and all of your time can get sucked into caring and, and wanting that person to get better and wanting that person to be okay, that you do forget that you deserve the same amount of care. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to set that, you have to carve that time out. And I do think just as much as she might feel responsible for her boyfriend, that she needs time away from him as yeah. well. So yeah. that when she comes back to to see him, that she's had some time out and she she's had some time to recuperate and give her mind a rest and her body a rest. So yeah. that's very good advice. Um, the baby thing. Yeah, wowzers. That's, that's a, a, yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a beautiful, joyous, wonderful experience in your life. But I know this is a transition period. It can be a little tricky. So that's why I was trying to look for other support systems, which is why when I saw the doula, I was like, hey, there's doulas. They've been through this. They've been through people who have been through pregnancies. Again, they are not health trained professionals. No, they're not. But they might be able to offer you some knowledge, maybe some emotional support that you were unaware that you needed. That's why also talking to other pregnant women, maybe women who have been through it, learning as much as you can. But I think it's a unique time because you're both going to be struggling with a little bit of emotional ups and downs. And maybe this might be a good time to bond over that. Yeah. And I think sometimes maybe, oh God, I mean, I'm just about to say something I don't really know anything about. Children do not fix anything. I need to make that very clear. But what they can do is they can create a focus for you that takes you away from you because it forces you away from you. Now, I don't know if that works if you are suffering from real depression, okay? I, I Maybe it makes absolutely zero difference. But a newborn demands your attention and demands your love and demands your focus and demands you to look away from whatever you're dealing with in your own life and focus on them. And that could be a break in the cycle that might be the start of something, but equally, you know, who knows? I'm not a health professional. What do I know? Nothing. Stop talking. You're a comedian. You don't know what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> no, exactly. That's why at the end of the day, I'm like, always find a professional. I am just offering some suggestions, some things that I've read, some things that I look at. But finding a professional, you know, there are a lot of options out there. So there are. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. That's the thing to remember. And the resource of your family and your friends as well. Yeah. Listen, somebody, you know, has had a bloody baby. Okay. They can relate. So, and you're never alone. And feel free to ask Alison another question later. If <laughs> Please. Yeah, but not Jen or me. <laughs> <laughs> if another problem presents itself, certainly don't come to me because as is obvious, I don't know what I'm talking about. Alison's done a research. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lloyd, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called being it. professional, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's television time. Oh. Yeah, let's lighten it up. Let's talk let's TV. Let's lighten this shit up, Maureen. Come on. I don't know if it's going to be lighten up. I watched the film on Netflix called Munich, The Edge of Wall. Okay, so not a lightened subject. All right. Yeah, great. Did you say eunuch, The Edge of Wall? Munich. Munich. Oh, Munich. Not eunuch. Eunuch. That's a different <laughs> film altogether. I was confused <sighs> about what that film might be. Eunuch, The Edge of Wall. Munich. The Edge of Wall. Munich, okay. I have actually read the novel and I couldn't remember the novel, so I... Who's it by? It's uh, Robert Harris. Oh, Robert Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and I've read quite a few of his books. Fatherland's very good if anybody wants to read it. I loved Fatherland. That is a great book. That's if the Germans had won World War Two. Yeah, and it's a great TV series. Rutger Hauer as well was in it. Oh, was I didn't a TV... see that. And Miranda Richardson, no, a long time oh, ago, but it's a very good series. Richardson. So... This is about the Munich Agreement, which for those of you who don't know, is basically when we shafted Czechoslovakia and allowed the, the Germans to go into the Sudetenland. So it's one of those films where you kind of know what's going to happen. So they're trying to stop this agreement and this other German is thinking of killing Hitler and goes to kill Hitler. We kind of know that's not going to happen. So it's one of those things where they're trying to keep suspense where you actually know the ending already. That's the problem with history. We sort of know about it. Like, you know, I don't know if you've seen Day of the Jackal, which I is have, a similar yeah. thing, which is brilliant, even though you know he can't kill the Gaul. Yeah. It's a guy he's meant to kill. It's so well done that even though you know he's not going to succeed, you do keep intrigued. And in this one, it was just, I don't know, I found it a bit slow, but I didn't find it engaging. I thought the guy who played the German in it was very good. And he's obviously got a difficult position because he's a very patriotic German, but obviously he realises that, Hitler isn't right for the country. And what do you do if you're patriotic, yet, you know, the you're kind of fighting against your country in a way, but you still want the best for your country. So it's a difficult position to be in. Um, it's in that position we're all in at the moment with our current leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, not as drastic, because obviously they know that if they get caught, they're going to get taken away in horrible, you know, we're not exactly in the same position. No, but very informative as always, Maureen. And that's out on Netflix, is it? Yeah. It's a new film, I presume. It's a very new film, yeah, with George McKay. Right, okay. Well, I have been watching a couple of different things. I finished watching a show that's on Apple TV called The Morning Show, which is a show mm. with oh, Jennifer yeah. Aniston and a, a with a spoon and a whole smorgasbord of wonderful actors in there and I've watched all two series okay and what can I say about the morning show it is very watchable like you just want to watch it well that's great that's what you want isn't yeah it? exactly but I, I'm going to caveat that <laughs> can you feel it it's coming mm -hmm, I know yeah. by saying I'm not sure how good it is yeah but that's fine it's so watchable but it's very soapy. It's really like a soap opera. And so there's quite a lot of soapy acting in it. And there's quite a lot of soapy storylines in it. And the first series it really focuses in on the Me Too. Obviously, the Me Too thing runs through into the second series. But then it also focuses in on the, the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic as well. So there's two things happening. And then obviously all of the machinations and all of the different uh, relationships that are happening between these characters that work on this programme. The morning show. Now, I know that we have morning television in this country and the people that present it are very famous, aren't they? So we know who they all are. Like when Piers Morgan and, and Susanna Reid were on whatever channel yeah. that is. And then there's a whoever they are. On, I don't watch morning TV, so I don't fucking know. I can't bear to watch television in the morning. I just, my eyes wouldn't no. have it. I, the radio, I can cope with that, but nothing else. But anyway, you get the impression that the channel is probably NBC that they're talking about. It's like the biggest national channel in America. And this is the, their show. So these people are millionaires, like... They earn the kind of money that you that we can't even get our heads around just presenting this show. So there's a lot riding on their careers and all of that. And it was really fun. And if you want a show that is certainly based in what's happening in recent times in terms of what has been happening to a society, then it's great. But also, wow, what a load of bollocks. <laughs> I loved it. I really loved it. No, but that's what you want, isn't it? You want something to, yeah, you can watch and relax. And... Yeah. yeah. And I, do you know what? I was watching it and I thought, 
I think Maureen would like this because it's silly enough that she would be like, oh, this is daft, but it's also engaging enough that you want to watch the whole thing. And the only other thing I will talk about is, well, I've, which I wanted to mention last week, but I mentioned so many things last week, it would have been absurd. There's a series on the BBC iPlayer, on the BBC iPlayer, hello, hello, Grandma, on BBC iPlayer called Couples Therapy, okay? Mm. It's a Showtime production. So it's set in New York. There is a couple's therapist. They have hidden cameras. All of these couples have consented to this. It's not like, oh, there's hidden cameras. They don't know that they're there. So I think there's like four different couples, maybe. I think there's four different couples. There are cameras that are all the way around in this room, but they don't see them. So they, you get them from lots of different angles. And they're having therapy with this therapist. Oh, my God. It is the most... So this is real couples. Sorry, real Real couples. couples. And then this therapist, and then the therapist will then go and see her therapist. And then she has a debrief with her therapist about the couples that she's been to see, or that have been to see her rather. And she's like, oh, you know, this couple, I'm having really trouble being able to figure out what their dynamic is, or I'm trying to figure out how not to headbutt this guy because he's so annoying or whatever it is. It is absolutely one of the best things I've seen in such a long time. And even if you're not in a couple or you're whatever, and you're single and you're not, you don't, oh God, I don't want to hear about that. It's something about the dynamic of the way people are with each other and interact. And often it's all about the stuff that's happened to these people in the past that have made them who they are as adults and the way they, they behave in these relationships. So you could easily put that as in two friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, there's more hanging on a on a couple, isn't there? Because, you know, you've often you know made this bond with each other and all that kind of crap. And you've got a mortgage. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it. I think there's two series out. I've only seen the first series. It's brilliant television. It's absolutely outstanding. I love the therapist. She's wonderful. It's on the backdrop of New York. Just watch it. Watch it. And it's called Couples Therapy? It's called Couples Therapy. Chloe and I watch it together and it is very cathartic. <laughs> Honestly, I bet you it is because you go, we're not alone. Look at this. Like, yeah, not only are we not alone, but we're like, oh, I think we're doing a bit better than them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like you said, or you're like, oh, I think that feels a bit familiar. Oh, that sounds like, oh, you're doing it. We should try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but also because it's therapy, there's no advice given. You don't get advice. No one, you know, therapists never give advice. What they do is no. they listen and they try to ask you questions that help you think differently about the way that you behave. Whew, what a good bit of telly that is. And it, to all the WTBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBB
online about this, and I loved it. So Halloween and the illusion of self-reliance. For 39 years, Lori has trained herself to take out Michael Myers all on her own. If she ever escaped from prison, for 39 years, she has never asked for help or tried to seek out professional help. She has done it all on her own. You can sense it in every scene Lori is in, this overall feeling of how utterly alone she is. Her daughter won't talk to her. She can never talk to her granddaughter because of how damaged she is. When in that darkness, it is easy to think we can deal with it all on our own, that seeking help will make us weak. However, even the strongest person needs help sometimes when battling depression. Please seek out someone if you can for help. And I just thought... That is what Halloween is all about, and I kind of thought it pertained to our problems. So I am choosing Halloween as the horror movie recommendation. It is a classic. Again, I say either the first one or the last one. Don't waste your time with the second one. It was a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, that is my opinion. Yeah, that's my horror movie. Thank you very much. Is that, how many Halloweens are there? There's more than three, isn't there? Oh, my God. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, you can get involved with any one of them, but uh, the first and the last is my favorite. And you can watch the 2018, the last one on Amazon Prime, and the original 1978 Halloween, which is so great because it's so 70s. Maureen, I think, have you ever seen Halloween? No, it's not my kind of film. I think you'd get a kick out of it. It's a very stylized, like if you, I don't know. I just really like it. It's a slasher. It's no. a slasher. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't want to watch. yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was great. There's so much suspense in it. Like where you're like, ah! there's so many of those moments in it. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen any of the others. So good. And it's on Netflix. You can watch the first one on Netflix right now if you've got it. So. I would recommend that if, if, if you're even vaguely into horror movies, but you don't, it's not gory. It's not, even though it's a slasher, it's not it's gore, not, gore. It's not gore, gore. Yeah. Um, so that there's none of that. I don't like any kind of torture horror or anything like that. It's nothing like that. It's just your, it's just your communal garden, classic horror film. And Jamie Lee Curtis is a safe pair of hands, frankly. Um, Are you kidding? And yeah. there's also there's something quite nice about seeing someone that was in a fish called Wanda in a horror film. Do you know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> I just, I just kind of like that. There's a new one, isn't there? A Halloween Ends, which is coming out this yeah. year, isn't it? Yeah. Are you going to watch yeah. it? I assume you'll be watching it. Of course you will. Of course I'll be watching yeah. it. This is also Jamie Lee Curtis's life. Right, because she started. Halloween was her first big, like, yeah. And so all the Halloweens, I'm like, God, we've almost grown up with her and and watched her career because she's had other things. But Halloween has kind of been has like she's been in all of them. Yeah, yeah. Second one she was not in, which is why it's a piece of poo, in my opinion. I just love them. So that is my recommendation. I don't think you can go wrong with the 2018 or the 1978 Halloweens. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Alison. A brilliant recommendation there for your horror movie fans. Well, we're nearly uh, we're three quarters of the way through the podcast, but of course uh, we've been we've spoken to her once. Apparently, we've got to do it again. This is every week. You, I'm, don't get cross with me, but it's a cultural corner. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. Well, I thought because I'd gone to that exhibition, I would look at some films to do with Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth. Wow. That's a niche. That's a niche. That is a niche. Yeah. So there's a great film from 1971 called Mary Queen of Scots, which stars Glenda Jackson and Vanessa Redgrave, who at the time were the two probably biggest actors in Britain. It's brilliant, isn't it? I remember seeing it on the television. I remember going to see it in the cinema, actually, at the state in Kilburn. It's a great, it's historically inaccurate. So in a lot of the films they do this, I think Friedrich Schiller was the first person to do it, maybe in his play Mary Stuart, where they have Mary Stuart and Elizabeth meeting, and they never did, but for drama purposes. Oh, I did not know that. No, they never met. They never met. That's blown my mind. Really? No, genuinely, I thought that they met at least once. No. That Elizabeth didn't really want to uh, cut her head off or didn't want to kill her. Yeah. I thought that they had not a bond, but they had some sort of... Mutual respect or something. Well, I think Elizabeth was a bit dubious about killing one queen because once you've killed one queen, you set a precedent. I think she originally did want Mary back up in Scotland reigning with King James, but her, her advisors didn't. So they never met, but for dramatic reasons. And in almost every film of Elizabeth and Mary, you see them meet because it's such a yeah. great... Well, they, that most recent with um, Saoirse uh, Ronan and... Yeah, they never met. They were meant to meet and then I think her advisors kind of stopped it because I think they were worried about 
about if they met. You know, it's harder to be horrible to somebody once you've met them. So they never met. And it's historically inaccurate, but it's got some great actors in it. It's got Nigel Davenport as a great Bothwell. It's got Timothy Dalton as Lord Darnley. I really would recommend it. It's a, it's a really great movie. Um, Elizabeth R., which was a TV series I've already mentioned before, with Glenda Jackson in it. That's worth getting hold of. It's one of the best TV series around. I can't believe it's almost 25 years. Shakespeare in Love from 1998. I love that movie. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> so who's the Queen Elizabeth? Is that Judy Dench? Judy Dench. Yeah. yeah, she's Judy Dench. And for those of you who don't know, it's about Shakespeare being in love with Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays a woman who ends up being an actor when it obviously it was illegal for women to be on the stage in those days in Elizabethan England. A part of it is the script is written by Tom Stoppard. So it's very funny. It's very witty. It does a lot of in-jokes yeah, about yeah. theatre and writers and... You know, there's uh, Shakespeare's in a water taxi and the guy goes, oh, I've written a play. And you're just like, goodness sake. I loved it. I th- you, did you not like it? Oh, I, I mean, it I, saw it. I saw it. I saw it a long time ago. It was with Joseph Fines. Yeah, Fines he was, was Shakespeare. Yeah, very yeah. good. I think, do you know what it is? I, I, went to, I saw it in the cinema. And mm. I think a lot of these films I think I'm going to really like. I didn't hate it or anything. I thought it was fine um, and perfectly enjoyable. And then it got all this sort of heat around it, around the awards. Uh, and mm. and I, I, that just, as often happens during award ceremonies, they pick movies and I'm like, what? Or they pick television shows like that I don't quite... I'm just surprised, I think. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really... Beautifully written, well directed. Have you seen it, Alice? I have, but <laughs> my problem with it was uh, the dude, Shakespeare, and it, what was his name again? Joseph? Joseph, Joseph Fines. Fines. Yeah, he, um, <laughs> I don't know how to say this politely. He uh, rem- reminds me of the very first guy that. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, I that I uh, made out with. And so I couldn't get past that. I was like, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that's that's a very specific. I know, my- so I couldn't. <laughs> But I do remember it. I do remember it. But I was like, oh, no, I can't get past. He looks like Troy. Yeah. And it came out the same time as Elizabeth Elizabeth with. Uh, oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that, actually. And then I think there was a bit fuss because Gwyneth Paltrow won in, against Kate Blanchett. I think that was my problem with it now. Because I, I was like thinking, why was it that I didn't? Because I watched it and I thought this is perfectly enjoyable. But then I watched Elizabeth. I think she acted out of her skin for that role. She was fantastic. And I thought that was interesting that Gwyneth got it. And Kate Blanchett did it because for me, if you're going purely on, I mean, I don't know what the criteria is for these awards. It's so random and arbitrary. But if it was for acting, who knows? Then give it to Kate Blanchett for crying out loud. But anyway, anyway, uh, I'm going to finish off with two oldies, two golden oldies. There's the Seahawk from 1940 with Flora Robson, a great British actress who's playing Elizabeth, and Errol Flynn. Again, not particularly. Historically accurate, but it was quite interesting because a lot of films around that time were very pro-British because America was technically neutral, but it was a lot of obviously the film directors and film bosses were from Europe, often with a Jewish background. So they had a very good idea what was going on in Europe. And so it's got a very, you know, even Robin Hood has got a very pro-British or Casablanca. They're all doing these things where they're trying to convince Americans who didn't want to get involved in the war to kind of join in. And so there's the Seahawk and there's also the private lives of Elizabeth and Essex from 1939, again with Errol Flynn. Oh, Errol Flynn again. And uh, Betty Davis as the Queen. But you've got two very different actors. You've got Betty Davis who took it very seriously. You know, she went to town trying to play this part. You've got Errol Flynn basically being Errol Flynn. I don't think he did a lot of research. <laughs> Put it, let's put it that way. I think he was uh, quite a character, Errol Flynn. He was. I read a, a biography, not about him. It was about somebody else. I think it was about Joan Crawford that talks about Errol Flynn often turning up on the set completely shit-faced. Yeah, completely drunk. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one called Fire Over England with uh, Lawrence Olivia and Vivian Lee, but I watched it recently and it's dreadful. So oh, is it? <laughs> give, that, give that one a miss. Swerve that one. <laughs> with Flora Robson again as the Queen. So that's it. That's my Elizabeth and Mary film. Thank you very much, Maureen, I know not to ask you where you can get hold of these because you probably have the DVDs. Yeah, I've got the DVDs, yes. <laughs> Basically, if you go to Maureen's house, it's like entering the BFI. <laughs> it's like a blockbuster video if you go to Maureen's house. What are you... <laughs> well, thank you very much for your cultural corner, Maureen. I uh, am delighted to hear about all of the films that none of us can see. I... <laughs> Just buy a DVD player. Yeah, buy a DVD player. Yes, like like it's like it's the early noughties. <laughs> okay, great. So we're nearing the end of the podcast. Thank the Blunk Lord. We, we are. I mean, we've learned a lot. We've we felt a lot. We've discussed a lot. But we have not talked about things that get under our skin. So, Jen, tell me, what the hell has got your goat this week? 
gonna lose my shit over. Th okay, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. <laughs> oh. It's so boring, but it is really getting on my nerves. I cannot bear to put my children's toys away anymore. <laughs> you put them away mm -hmm. and then they get them out again. And then you put them away, you get them out again. And then they put them away and then you get them out again. And that can happen six times in a day. Because when they get them out, they just, they just spread them. As you both know, our house is open plan, which I had a problem with. You know, when Chloe was like, we're opening this house up. I was like, we're not going to have any rooms where the children aren't there just to say, and now we've realised the error of our ways because <laughs> there's nowhere where we can go, just go into that room because it's just one big bloody room. So it's just toys everywhere. And there's toys everywhere. There's craft shit everywhere. There's paper everywhere. There's pens. There's bits of stone, sticks. There's so much clutter and it's all of their stuff. And you get them out to school and then you put their toys away and you think, oh, I've got a brief moment when there's no toys. And they come back, all the toys come out. Then you put them to bed and you put the toys away. Then they get up in the morning and they put all their toys out. Then you put their toys away. Someone said to me, why don't you get them to put their toys away? I'm like, listen, if I want to get my children to put toys away, I've got to set aside two hours <laughs> to do the negotiating, to do the, uh, the reward chart, finding a way for them to understand that it's their toy. I don't always have time to do that. I, I do try. But they're seven and these people are very difficult to reason with. So a lot of the time you do it yourself, you know, and I just like today, I'm not going to lie to you. There's Lego everywhere downstairs. I'm bothered. <laughs> Chloe came downstairs and went, I see you didn't put the toys away. I went, no, I didn't. Because what's the point? They'll be back in a minute and then they're going to put them out again. So I thought I'd just leave them out. Sod it. What's the point of putting them away? Look. Anyone with kids will be able to relate and anyone without kids, uh, I'm sorry if I bored you to tears, but this is my life. There we go. Deal with it. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.